Hello and welcome to Western North Carolina Original Music, episode Catorce. I did learn to speak Spanish from Bono. It's the poetry episode, the episode you've been waiting for, especially if you're one of the poets that I recorded several weeks ago. This week's episode comes to you courtesy of Trade and Lore Coffee in downtown Asheville. It's a really nice place with some of the friendliest people there you'll ever meet, both uh, employees and patrons. The ones I met, anyway. We have several pieces for you tonight. I'm going to let the host of the event announce everyone. The host is Alan Robinson, a very well-respected poet in Asheville and throughout the country. And he will be hosting a similar event this Saturday at Trade and Lore. So uh, go to that if you can. Alan actually is going to be the first featured poet on this episode. And I want to mention you're also going to hear uh, cello work by Nicholas Brower, a very talented cellist. And he's also going to do a poem later. And you're going to hear him on uh, quite a few people's works playing in the background and kind of complimenting their sound. Okay, let's get started. And I'm going to open with a poem entitled The Lost Soul. The Lost Soul. Today is the first day of our life. We have crossed the streams of a forgotten past. The skeleton of angels are at lower depths. The sea of your dreams. Our life begins now. We see destiny in the mirrors of a lost soul. Music has reached the outer sphere. We are spellbound by the stars, spider's web of iniquity. I loved you all more than you will ever know. As we shed our skin from past lives, the illumination of a lost dream is painted into the horizon of forgotten memories. Our life begins today. We will cross paths with like souls. We will have a new deep connection with our spiritual center. The albatross is sending vibrations to the inner depths of our mind. We are torn between two roads that diverge in a purple haze. The dichotomy of life's inner chamber throbs deep in the heart of wasted time. You have entered a new zone where love will permeate your heart, the sphere of the natural kingdom, a kingdom so pure that it stands on the mountain top, Himalayas glistening against the sunburned horizon as we approach the Kentucky horse farms in the distance, we sense our destiny and all living creatures that endure pain, the trauma, the loss. We will overcome. We will begin anew. The more perfect self 
has evolved from the cocoon of life's womb. You are the star-merit silence of the golden era. You are filled with the spirit of the roaring twenties. You are the new Lion King, the Leo of perception, the Leo of charisma, the Leo of poise. Your magnetism draws a million souls to a quiet destiny of lost dreams, dramatic content of a nightmare. The lion in you roars. You have conquered the new kingdom. As your day begins, you are a new you. You have left the pain and anguish of past relationships in the stormy sea where the tides ebb and flow. Loses the depth of the past. As you regain consciousness, the value of this new day glistens in your mind your revelation of kindred souls. You are the most spiritual, divine human on the planet. Your new day begins. This is the moment. This is the meaning glancing towards the new soul connection. This is the new higher plateau. You have overcome tragedy. You now can begin to live. A mesmerizing mirage of dreams has reached deep in your soul. The tsunami of volcanic dreams leads you to a new horizon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I have one more poem, and then I'm going to get on with the featured poets uh, right after the uh, second poem, The Thunderbolt of Time. And I'll let you start the overture for that, okay? Thank you. The thunderbolt of time, the symphonies of the sounds of life reverberate in our inner chambers with an awakening of new vibrations. The music speaks poetic messages. With waves of thunder, music is the soul of the universe. Poetry is the reflection of that soul. It intertwines with every living being from shore to shore. We seek soul expression of soul wonder. Music is the global presence from the shores of Dakar, Senegal to Mombasa's dreams. We hold hands, we unite. Our understanding the human condition perplexes the mind the awakening of the fatality of our dreams from the deepest caverns of inner consciousness, music reaches beyond stellar connections. The universal message sends vibrations to the symphonic sound syndrome. We are alive with the spirit of life. The synchronicity of being and the absolution of distorted dreams we are beckoned to the shore of Ithaca. As we see the shoreline at the ending of our journey, we know that we have arrived. We are ready for time's finality and doom. 
The ending is now a beginning. Ithaca is in our soul. Throughout our journey, as we prepare for our arrival, our karma is a million vibrations of experiences that electrify the inner imagination of our being and send turbulent waves to the distant shore of no return. The horns of the beast are turned apart as we are not trampled by life's inevitable flow. We grasp onto it. We hold on to the tightrope of life. We succumb. Fate is our destiny. The experience has illuminated our soul. We pass through the souls at circumference, the lightness of our being, the unbearable lightness of being, magnified through a tunnel of dark love. We understand the human heart, the importance of love. We have just begun to live. We go onward, forward towards destiny with the greatest spirit of exaltation, sending vibrations to the musical spheres of lost centuries. Old civilizations remain alive in our spirit from centuries past. We know that our soul has evolved. Our life begins every new day. Let the sun shine into your heart. Love emanates through the chalice door. Love is on the shore of Ithaca. Love is on the outer premise. We have conquered mortality and we survive eternally. The stars shine. Love is sending a final presence of sun to our heart. Love conquers the inevitable. We will endure. Thank you so much. And now, thank you so much. And now I want to introduce um, my first featured poet, Nicholas Brower, who's going to share some of his poems with us. And then I'll be back to introduce our other featured poets. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you, Nicholas. That was beautiful. Thank you so much. The next poet I'm introducing to the stage um, always gives her whole heart and soul and her life experiences. She's performed with the Live Poets Society at the Block, at the Noble Cava. She's also performed uh, Jack of the Wood Pub. Um, she's an amazing poet, yes. And I welcome Abby Young to the stage. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for uh, being here and sharing in poetry and like absorbing different things and emotions. And like Justin just took me on a roller coaster. <laughs> it was great. Thank you. So here goes my roller coaster, I suppose. Um, so the first one is called my um, Ode to the Person That Reported My Nude Instagram Picture of My Friends and Me. So here's that one. Um, I was with Hannah and <laughs> one of our other good friends. And yeah, we posted a nude picture and it got reported because that's what happens on Instagram, so I should have known, but here's my response to that. Oh, to the person who reported my nude Instagram picture of my friends and me. Here's to you. When you stumbled upon that bare ass naked picture, you might have been thinking, oh wow, those are some boobs. Or maybe 
you prefer to use the term breasts and said, oh wow, those are some breasts and the internet is no place for your bare breasts. And then you hit the report button. What you probably were not thinking was, wow, these women were taught to hate themselves. They were taught to compare their bodies to each other. It is a wonder they even feel comfortable enough taking a sock off around each other. You probably were not thinking about how I grew a female body, a body riddled with messages about how to be beautiful, a riddle not meant to be answered in a society that profits from our insecurities, a body like a Rubik's Cube trying to be put back together, a puzzle pulled apart, parts of me sold separately in a society that manufactures our insecurities, slaps them with a price tag, and then sets them on a shelf, like here. Make your cheekbones higher, lashes longer, lips fuller, stomach smaller, like maybe then they'll like you. Like your character even matters anyway. Like here, pay $19.99 to cover up the parts of you that you were taught to hate about yourself. While we Photoshop thighs as if to say it's not normal for a human body to have cellulite, airbrush stomachs, erase stretch marks as if to say it is not an injustice to boil the body down to its physical appearance. I don't think you understand that for so long I tried to Photoshop worthy over top of everything that I did, sucked my stomach in, ate water for dinner, wore sweaters for years to not expose my breasts so that I would never be confused for asking for it. To me, double D's is just an acronym for damn dude. These things really weigh on me. When you hit that report button, you might have been thinking, ha titties. You probably were not thinking that the same body I was taught to be so ashamed of was the same one I also learned 101 ways how not to be assaulted with the way my body looks. When I was nine, I was told that I was no longer allowed to take my shirt off around the boys because my nipples were now asking for it. 24 years of inhabiting a body, my nipples have never once asked a single question. From a very early age, I have been made brutally aware of the kind of body I am inhabiting. Pray that I could exchange my breasts for pecs as a defense mechanism, but instead I was armed with an arsenal of look-downs, cover-up-peers, don't-walk-alones. I don't think you know that 10 years prior, we were writing lists of the things we hate about ourselves while staring in a mirror. Seven years prior, I would turn the lights off before going into the shower so I would not have to see my own body naked. Three years prior, we confused pretty for starving. Sounded like a growling stomach. Sold the idea that a woman needs to make herself smaller. So I made myself smaller and smaller and smaller until I finally disappeared inside of myself. The irony of this whole thing is is that I used to report my pictures that my friends tagged me in on the internet because I was so offended by my own body. Frankly, I cannot care what you think about it. Find me when there was a report button for being unkind to yourself. Do not talk to me about a group of women unlearning the ways we've been taught to hate ourselves and relearning the language of loving ourselves. Mm. Mm. I feel like I need it. Alan's favorite poem, I think. <laughs> it's my human poem. Um, it's one of my first poems that I um, have written in regards to like spoken word and that I memorized. And um, it's a little bit longer, but it 
this poem means a lot to me. Um, it was kind of like my middle finger up to the idea of like, there's, there's this quote that says that a human being is the only creature that tries to not be what it is. And so this is kind of like, like uh, I think my testament to that, but anyway. Tell me, oh, hmm, feel free to like snap or like hold your heart or hand or like latch pinkies with someone or like, I don't know, like we don't give enough ourselves enough physical touch or something like that, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna hold my own hand. <laughs> Tell me, when do you feel most human? Is it when you're standing bare ass naked with the lights on in front of someone for the very first time? Or the times that you just feel naked? Raw, like my lips the next morning after spending a night with you. After I asked you if it would be all right if I could kiss you because I was so tired of only speaking one language with you. I tend to get kind of awkward about those kinds of things, but I'm not sorry. It's the human in me. I spill my coffee on myself every fucking morning. I like to say the word fuck a lot, and I really despise being asked the question, where is it that you see yourself in five years? Because I guarantee that the very people asking us those kinds of things have no idea what the fuck it is they're doing here either, but we sure can pretend, can't we, huh? Tell me, when do you feel most human, huh? Is it when the heartbreak comes, consuming and hungry, or the moments that you feel hungry, stomach growling so you choose to eat? I trip over my two feet walking on flat pavement. I get bruises in places people will never see. I told you, baby, my body is covered in band-aids because this life has always felt like the rain to me, falling in love and just falling. So kiss my bruised kneecaps ten times over. I will kiss you on your forehead just to prove to you that sometimes our words can go so stale or soggy like my body that day that I spent an entire 24 hours sobbing. What feels more humanizing than crying, crumpled up on the floor like I was that night that you swore that you could feel my heartbeat right through my clothing? Without having to place a single fingertip on me, this heart beats so loudly inside of this body. There was an entire symphony happening in here, and you, I love it when you laugh with your entire body. <laughs> when you smile, it is so goddamn sexy. Can I get a hallelujah if you sometimes feel fucked up too? Hallelujah. But we are not the people who don't love us well. And while I've not been very good at pickup lines, I don't think that I want to be good. I just want to be human and maybe stand outside with a sign that says, honk if you have trust issues too, but trusting you is the only way that I know how to love and loving is the only way that I want to live because I know that I will not live here for very long. I will not be a human here for very long, especially compared to the tortoises, tree trunks, and mountaintops. I knew this even when I was nine years old. I would sob into the womb of my mother's elbow crease saying, Mom, I'm so afraid of dying, lying in probably one of the safest beds in America. What kinds of thoughts keep you up at night? I was so scared of hurricanes, sharks, and tsunamis while living in the middle of Ohio. My mother promised me it was just a phase while the moon continued to cycle in the sky. My lover says he's most afraid of spiders and a suffocating I said honestly I am so terrified of spending this entire life alive but never feeling it 
You'll want to feel it. Being a human being can feel like a lot of things. A human being, a human being, being a human being. The phones are ringing, lines are blinking, begging you to pick up please and answer me. What does it mean? Maybe our answers are found in our incessant questioning. Maybe our lifelines are found in the spaces that don't really exist between you and me. I am holding on to you for dear life. The same way he clings to his sobriety, clothing on a clothing line. I know you can feel so lonely too sometimes, even with all of the stars in the sky. My mother used to rock me to sleep every night saying, baby, you are sky stuffed into body, the entire galaxy. No wonder you feel so many different things. A human being is made up of seven billion, billion, billion atoms. You were never meant to be just one thing. Tell me, when do you feel most human? I scream, this is my body. This is my life. This is my existence. I will scream it until I believe it. Until capitalism could no longer sell me back to myself. I'll say no thanks. I already bought it. I have been covered in price tags, labels, and clothing. Take them off of me. They get so heavy. Instead, press your head to the honey of my heart and take a taste. It is so sweet. I swear our hearts are the sweetest things about us. That is why our bodies insisted on building it a rib cage to keep it safe because it knows that at any moment our lives can be taken away as quickly as a swipe of a thumb on a phone screen. Tell me when do you feel most human and we will tell them about the long, hard road to wisdom about how we could have let this life make us harder, but we didn't. Instead, we said we are tough as nails. That's why we have to stay so soft. Tell me when do you feel most human, huh? If you know what I mean, then welcome home. Welcome to your human existence. You are not going to want to miss this. I know that we will miss this. Mm. And now I want to introduce um, Nicholas Brower, who's going to share some of his poems with us. And then I'll be back to introduce our other feature poets. Okay, thank you so much. So I'm happy to be here. Um, thanks, um, Alan, for inviting me to perform. Uh, I've been writing poetry for not very long, but I've always, I always just do it in my free time for just for me, but I've never performed for anybody, so. This is like a new experience for me, and I'm excited. So. Okay. All right, this poem is kind of, uh, I have this picture of a lizard man who's, he was a villain in Spider-Man, and I drew a picture of him, and I was like looking at him in my room while writing this, and it like, I guess, I guess I was like relating to him a little bit. <laughs> all right. So, all right. My eyes feel like they've been rolling around in front of a fan. I pick at my lip and use my wrist to slap my hand down against my thigh, grip it like a football, and ex exit reality into a pinball machine of irrational, silent howls at the moon and the sun. My volcanic feelings have been really unaddressed. I sputter to the worst in people because there's something inside fighting for a release. 
Yeah, a girl keeps me lovingly preoccupied and coddled into a state of blissful imaginary valleys, living in between my ears until I kiss her goodbye at eight in the morning. To step foot into a chaotic and reptilian afterlife, everyone is calling Tuesday. I looked over at my Spider-Man villain drawing of the lizard man still in his clothes, ready to pounce and turning light blue. And I empathize with it and feel myself wearing those scales, standing in a red haze of regret, standing on a red stage of female lips. Every, every reaction is clawing at my clothes. Yeah, that's that one. Thanks. Yeah. yeah, a lot of these aren't quite finished. I'm like working on them still, but I just given giving them a shot. Um, so this one was written like like a day ago. I think it was written uh, when was it? like two days ago. Um, so it's really new, but it was just really stream of consciousness. Just kind of came out one late night, like really fast. Written like like 10 minutes probably, but I really like it. Um, um, all right. Lost on the interstate, maple and oak sway back, some serving as doors or as firewood, giving warmth and light to the music being played around it. The blades of grass grow tall and scurry in the moving gusts of air. A long sigh turns into a deep sob. The energy beneath the face can go undetected. Under a cover, or as blinds shelving the impending night. A cast that loves its broken arm and the shoelaces below are dragging against the dirt, singing and dancing with the soil. Airplane engines ripple the clouds as an insect zips towards the drifting log. Her silky brown hair drapes below glasses that light up every tooth, saddled by her lips, which glisten against the twinkles of her silver necklace. Translating an overhead light, they look in and look out as light comes in and flushes out, hopeless in, the, in resistance of the threads of forever, of tomorrow and yesterday. The diamonds of conversation caress the burning coals of a locomotive, running circles around the volcano, anchoring all of our hearts. She says to me, all right, I'll see you later as I tap the surface of a lake, swimming with experiences, knowledge, happiness, and sadness, embrace my right hand with my left against an absent umbilical cord, in dusty recognition that the plates are not quite dry in the back, not forgetting, too, that the plantains do not get riper by sitting in the fridge, and that tremblings are really refreshing. My love and my expression and my eyes are frozen as the clock halts at the 10. The memory is cabinetized in a kitchen full of sand as the world flips around to shake the tiny rocks, the tiny tears of a fearful heart, hardened by the patterns and puzzles of the lines that I push between. Spinning a basketball on my middle finger, a simple shadow I lean against inside of an hourglass in circular opening and closing of a cabinet. The shadow that kisses the light is the person I'm trying to learn from. So. So. 
Okay, I have one more. Um, thanks for listening and glad to be here. <laughs> hey, Hannah. <laughs> All right, uh, this one, this one was written like a month ago. Um, all right, it's hard to count time when it, when it is always washing away. So why bother studying every drop? Each moment bleeds out of me from memory. My fingertips tremble at the thought which comes like air to my lungs sound to my ear and an ache to my bones, a thought that confuses the meaning of words, obstructs the ability to form sentences and coherently express thoughts of deeper meaning, a meaning that I can run through the grass with or climb trees with and swim oceans with, a meaning that becomes a boost of speed in a field of dirt. But then one or two particular thoughts set up tripwire and take my mind away from the world and away from love and away from me, letting them do as they please. It's like a wash and scrub to find a breath that releases them from the treasure chest in the basement. There's time to do anything if in the moment of nothing you cease the ability to constantly remember. So that's it. Thank you. to have in the house the next featured poet. He's been a part of the Poetry Cabaret for many years. He's a published poet. He's been a part of the Poetry Jam in Washington, D.C. He's performed in many cities. Um, I'm really excited to have him here. And I welcome to the stage Justin Blackburn. Let's give a big applause for Justin. Thank you. Uh, this first poem is called, You Are Not a Normal Human Being. <clears throat> you are not a normal human being. I know you. You know you. You have beautiful dreams you are fulfilling. You wake up every day on the ceiling and inspire your desires to radiate your feelings. You are not afraid to be yourself despite anyone else. You know who you are. You are not a normal human being. You are not the cheesy, cliche character in the corner of the bar telling horror stories about how marriage is a dead, dark, dishcloth cemetery. You can get married, love your spouse forever, and still be free. You can get a job, make lots of money, and not be a selfish, egotistical prick. No matter what happens to you, you can be happy. You are here to remember, not forget. You are not a normal human being. You do not suffer from the chaos of your own delusions. You are not ruled by the desolate confusion of other people's illusions. You are not brainwashed by the mediocre mass media. You are the real, heartfelt, bloody, soul-filled essence of life. You are not a walking, talking, robotic encyclopedia. You 
are a tender, burning, gentle, loving light. You are not a television set glued to a graveyard. You transcend middle America like a dark sky overflowing with bright stars. You are not a normal human being. You did not come to planet Earth to work for green paper and die. You came to satisfy your soul, to search yourself whole, to serve this beautiful world. You came to feel the joy of why. You are not a normal human being. You do not sit around all day gossiping the gospel from one tragic play to the next. You do not live your life for the sake of regret. You do not put your fellow brothers and sisters down. You do not waste your time. Your voice is a gentle, relaxing, indigo sound that enhances the space within everyone's mind. You are not a normal human being. You are not afraid of your creator. You are not going to die and spontaneously begin an eternal burning. You are not waiting on a savior. You are here now, and you are aware, and you are learning. You condemn no one to hell. Instead, you invite everyone into heaven. You understand, and you are understood. You forgive, and you are forgiven. You are not a normal human being. You touch angels. You scare demons. You inspire the sun. You have no one to blame. You are not a normal human being. Why? Because there's no such thing as one. I think I had a better ending for it. You know Sweet Home Alabama? All right, this is called, um, you can just keep playing. I want to follow you. This is called How to Transcend the Human Struggle. That's really great. How to Transcend the Human Struggle. Don't be a dick. If someone is a dick to you, don't be a bitch about it. I'm not talking about a woman. Don't get too pissed reading, in, uh, reading into other people's bullshit. If you expect an idiot to not be an idiot, who's the idiot? Instead of talking so much goddamn shit, clean your own asshole. It'll stink, but the quicker you do it, the less time you'll spend walking around in shit, the more time you'll spend in emotional control. The voice saying you're not good enough is a liar. Call it out. Tell it to fuck off. Set it on fire. The voice telling you to meditate is worth listening to. That's great. Thank you. I'm not trying to be rude to you either. I'm sorry. You know what to do. You know you know what to do. 
The Bible is a roadmap to a cul-de-sac in Georgia. Learn from your own heart. Create your own art. Be your own fortune. Your father gave his dreams to you. You're awake now. Your mother did her best. You are not the judge, but the evidence. If you blame them for the pain, take the gift the pain gave you. Give them that blame too. The outside world is a symbol for what's happening within you. Your life changes when you change what you give your belief to, meaning your thoughts create your reality. Know it so powerfully you make your horoscope tremble. You are 99.999999% soul, an ocean inside a thimble. While suffering feels like a really big deal, it's just a part of your human self your soul has yet to assemble. I'm not trying to invalidate anybody with that line, just so you know. This is just me saying shit. Life is bound to blow your mind. That's how the universe expands. Be so thankful to be so frustrated you smile and yell, God damn! It's so fucking simple. That's why it seems so complicated. So relax, nothing is ever fucked. Even death is a second chance. If you're scared, dance or take a nap. Do what you feel, feel what you do. If you don't know how, pet a cat. If you don't know what to do, don't do that. Change is hard, not changing way harder. The story is always the author. The garden is only the gardener. Don't separate yourself from your own genius. A heart beats for you like it did Jesus. When things aren't going your way, ask yourself, what are you believing? Our dreams have their own DNA. Our dreams desire us to bring them into being. Most importantly, don't let people fool you. All they want is love. Don't fool yourself. All you want is love too. Your only mission is to figure out what the fuck love is and embody it. So how do you transcend the human struggle? You can't. So stop trying to. Appreciate it. Enjoy it. Destroy it. Let it love you. All right, I'm going to do two more. Let's see if we can get this one together. This is called uh, Love, Fuck, Goddess, God, Soul, Sex. This is from my book. I forgot to promote myself. I apologize. Uh, the first poem is in my book, It's Hard to Get There When You're Already There. It's $10. This book is called Love Poems That Manifested My Soulmate. It's $10, too. Uh, the deal is online. It's $15. Here, it's 10 So what that's going to do to your brain right there is you're going to think, oh, shit, that's a good deal. I should buy it now. All right, this is called uh, Love, Fuck, Goddess, God, Soul, Sex. This might not go well. I'm going to try it, though. 
You ready? You start. Oh, that's beautiful. It's perfect. I follow tender burning love lights into her apartment, uttering not a sound, afraid it'll ruin the magic. She takes her clothes off slowly as if dressed in seashells, desiring me to hear her ocean in each inch of fabric. Already I want to come. Our eyes shine into each other's souls. Our souls anticipate becoming one. I have to fart, but I hold it in. We lock lips. I taste moonlight, she sunshine, our tongues whisper each other's names, swallowing the letters with our minds, trust walls, rooms, buildings, disappear, everything except us. I caress the air, bouncing daintly over her damp, angel-haired pussy. Her juices rise into my hand. I engulf my face in her woodlands. My tongue does the freestyle, the breaststroke, the butterfly. I win the gold, the silver, the bronze, savoring the sky, flying inside her like a swan. She orgasms a marching band. Led by Field Commander Cohen, she jerks my hair up rough, drinks her juice from my mouth. This is how mountains afford their vacation views. This is how God can never separate from us. I want your dick inside me now, she screams out. But I can't get my dick up. She's too luminous, too wonder-filled. My dick is a sick bitch. I don't want to make her ill. I do not feel I deserve love, I say, like an orphanage full of dead kids inside. But you do. Holy shit, she's right. I deserve love. Everyone does. From the subway sandwich artist to the woman running next to you at the gymnasium. It's that simple. Einstein didn't come up with that shit, but it's way more brilliant than anything he ever did. We gaze down dumbstruck at my cock as it grows in slow-mo, harder, thicker, bigger than ever, three times the size of the Grinch's heart. She leaps upon my dick hard as if it is her lifeboat in the middle of the ocean. The joy of sex 
pours through our emotions as she drives me like a jet ski off a waterfall, digging deeper and deeper into my throbbing veins. The fat little grooves our bodies make bang, stop, clap, call out to us. With their own genitals to masturbate to us, she fucks me to death and keeps fucking me until resurrection. My heart's infinite erection can never go down now. All right, thank you, I got one more. Uh, This is called again. Bisexual Christian Suburban Failure and Lightning Bipolar Blues. It's um, it's a novel I wrote, and this is basically the first uh, the first chapter. The Sunday school class sings, Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Brian loves singing. Brian loves Jesus. Jesus loves us all no matter what. It's big church time. Brian sits with his family as adults scream, beg for Jesus to heal them. They throw themselves at the altar. The preacher puts his hands on their heads. They flail, flap, and fall over. They scare Brian. Brian doesn't want to be like them when he grows up. Brian wants to be like Jesus. Jesus is beautiful, Brian says to his father. No, he's not. Jesus is Lord. He's feared and respected. Women are beautiful, son, not men. But the feelings I feel when I see a woman are like when I see Jesus. His father drags Brian to the church basement. He takes off his belt. He beats Brian. Brian screams. Brian begs. Brian cries. Brian six. Ah, how do you make peace with the past? School day. Miss Perkinson yells at Marcus to go to the timeout chair. Marcus insists he wasn't talking. He wasn't. It was Allison. Marcus is the only black kid in class. Miss Perkinson blames him for everything. Marcus walks to the corner. He puts his head down. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Brian walks to Marcus. He hugs his shoulder. He kisses the top of Marcus's head. Zach screams, Brian's queer. The class laughs loud. Miss Perkinson takes Brian to the principal's office. His father shows up. He beats Brian with his Bible belt. He drives Brian to a camp called God's Choice. During the day, the Christian counselor informs Brian that God punishes all gays with AIDS in hell. He leads Brian to a room. He ties Brian to a chair. He plays films of men violent raping. He tasers Brian until Brian refuses to close his eyes. Jesus loves the little children. All the children of the world? At night, he takes Brian to the woods and ta ta la 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 Nope, 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 nope. He's nine. He can't go back there. 
How do you make peace with the past when it's here still? Jesus did not die for your sins, but you will. Sorry I took too long bantering and shit, but uh, thank you very much. More poetry in a few minutes. Uh, I want to mention a few things. First is I've uh, got a lot of really good material here from this night. Um, so I'm going to have two episodes. I'm going to have a short episode and a long episode. And I'm not going to make two announcements, so you'll decide by however long this episode you're listening to is, which it is. You'll figure it out. Uh, second is uh, in the episode description, make sure to look for um, links to all these guys' work. Uh, I think everyone has somewhere you can find them online. Uh, several of them are published poets, so look for them in your bookstores. And look for them uh, all around town. Look for them on social media and find out where they're going to be appearing next and go see them there. It'll be a fun time. Today's episode is brought to you by There's No Such Thing as Superfood. There is really no such thing as superfood. We'd know by now. People would be leaping tall buildings and there'd be billionaires based solely off their ability to read minds. So there's food that's really good for you, but there's nothing that's super or magic. Just like there's food that's bad for you, but there's nothing that's evil or deadly. I mean, there's poison, but we'll talk about that later. So no such thing as superfood. Come on, you kind of already knew. Hi, this is Christy Lapidus, and you are listening to Western North Carolina Original Music Special Poetry Episode. Um, the next poetess that I'm calling to the stage has been involved with um, Noble Kava and performing there and with the Poetry Cabaret and many festivals. Um, she's also a published poet, and I welcome her to the stage, Trash Chameleon. Let's give a big hand for Trash. Thank you so much. Hey, first of all, I just want to share my gratitude to Alan Robinson and all the poets here in Trade and Lore and the energy that is here right now is extremely powerful. And um, I'm almost like overwhelmed because sometimes like I'm surrounded by all this chaos and people focusing on negative things and it's like easier to deal with that than like actual vulnerability and love and positivity. So thank you. Also, I took my shoes off. I was inspired by your bare feet, Abby. So thanks for that, too. Um, I think I'm just going to read through all of these. So if you just want to listen, they're all pretty short, but um, you can probably tell where some of them drop off or like a new one starts. But it's all kind of like chaotic in my brain anyways. So I'm just going to go with it. And um, it's, it's more just an open dialogue with myself um, my writing process and how I'm coping with that. And being vulnerable, like, has become such a, like, the concept continues to grow. So I'm very, I'm very much, like, in that process of, like, opening up again because I tend to, like, put on a hard shell and then, like, forget that the most important part of being human is connecting and sharing yourself and doing this kind of thing. So, thank you. Mother of burning heartache, crying by communes of tea, 
or caution or budding growth, steeping in the isolation I fawned on myself. Affection, affecting others. Fear should not be the cornerstone by which we choose. Love outweighs. Still distrust brewing my brimming being, fighting all patterns in a struggle for, for spawning balance. Rewrite, rewrite and switch and see the edges taking everything personally, justifying correlation, connection, the roads of wet pavement. I am a leather-bound writer, more full than Thoreau of consolation prizes. And the summer is the pending stone of illusionary imbalance, crusting every inch of skin, dead or alive. But we can soften the sun-kissed with wishes and luck. How did I derail myself as such an outsider on callous bare feet, cynical rests with fits of positivity? Bukowski knew this in his second-story apartment while the walls caved in, but he met fame in such auspicion, gathering metaphorical trees for nooses. Is it a blessing to be so dark and further guided on a path of self-resistance, crying self-love in an open tent? Much of what has come to me has been quilted in recognition of how to be less selfish and how to love thyself. Oh, woe is me, says the dear Ophelia, breaking her back to toil to comfort unabridged love. Confusion, miscommunication, the art of war, the war of art. My age is waning, it feels, but buckets of youth pour down upon me. It is my second birthday, a cycle of rain. Meet me in the iron trees, hole and fence, body of worm. Kiss me and remind me you are here to remember my truth in holy detail. Saving the world and bridging in capabilities on the softer arrival of hope. Bones weigh more than cartography. Picking the scab from a swollen feature justifies nothing excruciating, just compulsion winning again. Lifting the life from the living. Inebriated self-declared guru claims that eye contact is a wave that speaks powerless, sour, and graveling. Disgust. Disappointment. How far can you leave the truth behind, budding by building and shadowing the worth of Mesozoic prophets? Maybe warming closer by the scale of the wrecks, bumping the split of the chest, unknowing the whole story, peeking at the root with a bone fractured inside a worm, tail of growth, direction, ombre splits of projected delight, to be causing pain of the other, burning holes in your clothing until the char supersedes the fabric and you are cold. It was nothing compared to your adjustment on the brink of expulsion, bleeding rust. One night you came to my house where you were in this mud I was running from. Some dream from another dream into pathways that brim the edge of mares and dust. There you were, full of hope, and I had distrust pounding through my chest. Now I see the whims take the speed of highway bridges on a spun earth and its careless respite invading your home. My spool calls out for thumbs, and it's hardly the fault of affection to bleed into us, sensitive, spliced pairs. Protection is deeper motive than any sullen, selfish breeze for the good of heart and stone. I've been tunneling inside the, ideal of your, the idea of your souls, what brought you to this day, what aged you in pause or phonics, what guided your beams to skip naked in the sea of moon, rooting for so many lost webs by Venus in topography, but the grape takes the mouth by surprise, sometimes as unwilling raisins, miraged in summer light. How does this vessel communicate its bony magic and safety, trust, truth, and present waves? If only an answer were as simple as a root and not just a pile of dust. Crowding the surface to insolence, 
buttered be wise in the caves of non-existence. If to be wide-eyed in the throes of the light beam, a center of rectification blesses the dust that you are, exerting out of the fourth dimensional poetry, wiping crumbs off the couch is healing, pressing your thumb on the stone of truth is healing, wiping your sweat from your chin, healing after all. If the summer gifts me swollen buds of iris rays, I will sow contentment in every angle, stained by my work and memory. Sometimes the past is soggy, drenched in pouring refrain, meandering as flooded river, pulling some growth underneath. Sometimes it is soaked as the sun in porous skin, vitamizing efficient destiny, pushing the organs to reread their purpose. Strangers test your vulnerability and mistake to know their intentionless handles of storms they reprieve. Viable, anger is a mesh, netting covering deep intangible sadness. Losing over and over again challenges revivable chance. We ache in isolation, but when we find each other, relatable grain, our deepest holes lacking closure, turn the empty space into tiny sacred lakes. What you feel and what you burn are much different. Nude photographs in the cavern of technologic archives gather binary dust as the nitrates of speech become sour, dedicated addictions with no often reveal. Is the crumb that piles nightmares on a Thursday night any human will tell you a different story masked with the same theme, dripping conscious, unconscious help-me's in and out of their legibility. Some look to ripen validation, eat it straight out of the book, plump to rotten, to bridging fruit fly anomaly. See with eyes of compassion. See yourself with eyes of compassion. 688 poems and not even the crux of all. It's similar to a stab in the back of never-faded glory. But the choice is in the perspective of holy eye sockets letting the light shine through, flesh red. Complications heighten amphibian motives, breathing the liquefied dissatisfaction, trying to make better air. Possibility, it wades in seclusion. You must treat inspiration as a god, preparing yourself for fingerless war. Any tool is a mighty tool in the sands of fleeting. Mossy breasts of nude life, shifting the perception of binded excrement. Poop is a native language we all speak. The birds and amoeba, the elk and fish all lays waste and sometimes is the medicine for another fruit. Thank you. So the next poet is um, Andrew Freeman, who I've had experience with at The Block and Noble Kava. He's a, very, a poet of great depth. I welcome him to the stage to share his poetry with you. Thank you, Andrew, for coming. Thank you so much. Thank you. What's up, guys? Uh, this first poem is called Sonnet of Sound. Ready? Yeah. Cool. Go for it. What's up? You want to start first? Um, sure. Okay. Cool. With ardent eyes, her reflection is fair. She stands at a distance, knowing herself. An ephemeral glance, not a grim stare, saving her smile for somebody else, who sees in her soul without a faint glare that can take a cold heart and make it melt. It's beat down the drain, all she is aware, reflection obscured, what she never felt. Her feet felt like seeds, levity like air, arms turned to wings, hands not thereafter held. Her dreams subsumed by a love she could bear, and words turn to songs so she could not tell. 
She did not know in melodies rejoice at all latitudes we find our own voice. Um, this next poem is called The Affair. Impetuous fascinations relieve depictions of inertia, impressions that hold you still until your hibiscus heart can slow down enough to tell the truth. It mutters and judders as the organ, full of enamor and separation, utters words of delinquency, sending particles of love sporadically exploding in a thousand unknown directions. The heart's power is complete, but not until it can sleep. Can I refrain from polarizing pain and pleasure, those non-distinct filaments that foretell the same perennial matrix, your own consciousness forever? My heart utters cursory catchphrases, thrusting fierce erratic whims into the pockets of all the lovers. When my heart has vertigo, it can't stand to see the other side win, as if there was another side, as if my emotions did not all perish from the same void from which they came as if the fire in my heart were docile enough to transfigure into useful submission, as if my heart were to sing in great repose about the nature of mankind, as if the heart was ever kind to man. Can I claim my heart is just? Unlike consciousness, impartial and honest, the heart beguiles and chants, it is never calmest. In its release of excitation, its intractable longing, preparing, wishing, Effects of beating to the rhythm of a new horizon, pumping blood into that fine line. The sun setting is just another sign to slow down. The heart relinquishes the crown. It's beating so quietly it hardly makes a sound. This provisional blessing bestows upon me en enough time to desist from matters of the heart, wild and unreal, and render myself a share of true love, sourcing from the everlasting creator, the witness to all below and above. Thank you. Um, I didn't plan on doing another one, but I guess I'll, I'll do it. Uh, this one's called Best Friend. Sitting at a restaurant with you, expanding my thought range out to a side order of infinity. I still remember your face blood symmetry. Packed gauze absorbed the crimson red paint that was blood. I said it was art, you said it was fun. That's why we were friends, because we saw the selected patterns in a scene of scattered attention. Again, nobody else would look, but somehow I saw Fibonacci dripping flawlessly down your chin. The numbers I could taste when out of curiosity I licked your dry blood on my fingers later that night. Nothing tasted so precise. It was a pot of gold at the end of a ghastly rainbow. I usually don't taste other people's blood, but I suppose I made an exception for you. Not to mention that you already know I'm not skeptical of vampires, proclamation, they exist. I don't know of any genius ones like Fibonacci, or that I would want someone tasting my blood when it's spilling everywhere, but I'm here to try different things and I feel closer to you for it. You were not harmed, you were enhanced, and the lovely scar to seal the inherent contingencies on your alert, ailing visage. You'll see. I took all your pain and put it where you wouldn't find it. You said the room was spinning. I slowed it down. Your mortality is wise to limit its time, but me, I can modulate the expression of your genes, it seems. 
I guess I'm just that good of a friend. Thank you. My next featured poet um, came all the way from Michigan to be here tonight, so I'm really, really honored with that. Um, she is part of the Live Poets Society and has performed in many venues. I welcome Haley Gladden to the stage. Thank you so much for coming so far today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, I live in Asheville now, but I did just make a trip up to Michigan and I got back like two hours ago, three hours ago. All right, this first one is titled The Anti-Laughers. Why must we be the ones laughing in this ridiculous fucking setting? We are the anti-laughers. While everyone else continue to be so easily amused by the inconsequential, the trivial jokes being told or played out, we direct our eyes on each other and feel just how strange the public is. But we're together, we are the same in some ways. The urge is burning my flesh to learn you and I think you feel it too and that's right, I am melting. Maybe one day all this mush will grow into a rose. For now, here I am, trying to turn words into a poem. Artistic license, and maybe in part it'll be understood. It's all quite the predicament. My body is now feeble, too stressed or confused to feel comfortable. Fearful of the nighttime, where juvenile actions are often high, rising, but your bed is so damn cozy. Such a situation has become sadly humorous. I want us all cageless. We deserve free flight. The anti-laughers, we laugh together and it all feels all right. Thank you. This next one is titled Fruit Glaze. I've mostly tasted vanilla boys, but I'm craving a strawberry lady, her aura captivating me before our connection was even a baby. Her interests far exceed basic, and this development feels so purely organic. And now we're here, and it could be so playful. She could have me whichever way she pleases. We could experiment with the rope tying we've pondered on our own. And I think this all makes her a cherry bomb glazing over. Fierce and gentle, I'm just trying to learn her mental. The emotional depth and the experiences, both of us comfortably minimizing our defenses. We don't even need to have sex to fall into a deep love spell and explore powerful intimacy. When I dance with her, I feel like we are the only ones in the room. Or maybe the focus is just on us too. I'm trying not to make it weird, but this feeling is really digging through to the surface. I'm daydreaming in my caverns of being welcomed into the palace of such a goddess. Yes. Intimacy. <laughs> okay. And this will be my last one. You say you are not a poem, and that's fine. I agree, you are certainly more than neat lines. But don't you know still, I've been writing about you since I was a teenager. A fantasy of you and me stemming from them. I thought I'd have met you much sooner and we tramp around from town to town. My anarchist lover, 
with a stomach ache sort of attraction, from your bunch of freckles on your shoulder slightly breaking until mid bicep then clustering again, to the way you can be so expressive with your speech and use your entire body to communicate with passion with a dizzy head sort of attraction and a constant state of giddiness from your humor, like your suggestion of flossing with your leg hair to prove my adoration, to the way you say my name in pleasure and exhale moans without me even placing a fingertip on you. My sweet pea, my traveling lover, I want to never stop learning of you. I want to adventure with you or will you please stay a while? You are the hex hexagonal cells of the honeycomb, I buzz and dance, returning to be surrounded by you, offering golden sweetness. I want to be by your side and support. You are the breeze, midway up my mountain hike on a hot, humid day. It is 97 degrees and I am eating an apple and I feel you as a gentle tease from my hair along my cheek. I know we both like the same comforts from each other. Let us rest ourselves with our limbs intertwined my sexy lover. One night we ditched a typical party to eat trail mix in my car, but our bodies scream that we can't wait every time we touch each other in the back seat, with your face between my thighs and your hair gripped between my fingers and my palm. Between the moments of my eyes rolling back, I watch fireflies dance in the tree across the street. Soon my eyes squinched up like yours when you say, do you know what I mean, in conversation. And I laughed out of pure ecstasy. My lover, who parties with me at tea houses drinking cups of caffeine, who looks me straight in the eyes and tickles my soul, who said they were certain we could fall in love, and here we are interlacing ourselves. Thank you. Well, I want to welcome another poetess to the stage who I've had experience hearing at the block. And she's wonderful, and she shares her poetry with such heartfelt, natural um, emotion. Rachel, if you'd come to the stage, please. I welcome you, um, and so honored to have you here tonight. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, um, first one I'm gonna do is called, I Love My Name. Have I ever told you how much I love my name? from a time when my feelings existed without explanation. Before coalescing into my truth, it existed as a tiny sound, whispered for a lifetime in the depth of my dreams. Have I ever told you how much I love my name? Now fully grown, it stands resolute in the face of resistance, no longer willing to be kept silent by fears real or imagined. It rises slowly at first, finally escaping as the full-throated declaration of my being. I must have told you how much I love my name. It's a joyful sound to my ears, breaking free and bursting forth into the world. It rolls from my tongue without an instant's hesitation, a sweet sensation sweeping across the lips fixed in a satisfied smile. Have I ever told you how much I love my name? As my hand hovers momentarily suspended above the page, my imagination traces the letters in the air. As fingers absent-mindedly absent caress the pen, my gaze is drawn to the line on the bottom. In language, direct and simple, it states, sign here. But silently, it also asks profoundly, 
who are you? I reply, I am Rachel. And while I've not always been Rachel to the world, I have always been Rachel where it mattered in my heart and soul. This one's called Love Me, Love All of Me. Love me, love all of me. Hold tenderly the place in my heart that needs to be healed. It's been so long since I've heard the soft sound of I love you. It's been forever without a tender touch since warm lips have brushed my neck. Kiss me softly the way I dreamed, sweet and soft, your breath gentle, a warm, gentle brush against my eyelids. Look deeply into my eyes. Can you see the uncertainty in my soul of love from this new perspective? Learning a new way without a teacher to accept these new feelings without reservation. Will the fear fall away with the touch? Will I be able to release the I love you guarded for so long? Will the feelings return? I dream of the moment, the recognition of the truth, that I remain alive and that I remain lovable. Thank you. There's another real short one in here someplace, if I can get it open. There it is. Did you ever clear out the contacts on your, on your phone? And I mean, I had like a hundred of these people that was like, who the hell is this? But there was one. This one was called Her Name Stares Back. Her name stares back from me the, from the depths of the pale electronic glow. What began as a simple exercise in housekeeping on my phone has come to an abrupt halt, now taking on a significance never intended. Powerless to break from the memories her name draws forth, the gentle ghost of her voice calling my name from that time before, the echo of her infectious laughter drawing tears from my remembrance. The de desire to speak to her just one more time grips my heart, but there is no cure, no comfort for this longing. There are no letters to recall her words, no photos to reconstruct a moment. No yellowed clipping marks the day of her passing or what small piece of this world might have given her rest. All that remains is what I carry in my heart and this name staring back from the screen that I hold. Thank you. Marley, Marley, I welcome Marley to the stage. Thank you, thank you. So glad you didn't leave. Hello. Hey, this is, um, I'll just do this one. It's probably the longest poem I've ever written, which is not that long. Bear with me. No. Um, but it's called Legacy, and I hope you enjoy it. Um, I want to leave a legacy, leave more than what will be left of me, rewrite the patterns, family's bad manners, neglecting how we've only learned to fray, to teach my daughters they don't belong to their fathers. No one can give you away. Retrain a society that taught me what's inside of me wasn't good enough for the pearly gates. To tell my sons rage does not run in your blood, it's soft tears that will heal your pain. 
I want to leave a legacy in the cycles that were taught to me, to never rewrite history, teach us just how ugly we could be, teach us that we are everything, that there is nothing that is not we, one organism on this pea, a speck of light in the cosmic sea, and when we take more than we need, we bite our nails until we bleed. I want to leave a legacy, something stronger than a memory, something deeper than in stone, remind the dreamers they're not asleep, it's the livers that are the sheep, fitting into common sense, never realizing they're in their pens. I want to leave a legacy, prove peace is not a fantasy, how we've been taught to hate ourselves is how we've learned to hate everyone else. I want to leave a legacy, untangle the lies rooted deep, who taught us all that we weren't free, that someone is our enemy, that we could ever separate the love we give and the love we take. We've become the tail inside its snake. I want to leave a legacy for the dirt I know I'll surely be, for the dust my blood will turn when I no longer breathe, for the worms and roots I'll feed. I want to leave a legacy for the light I have inside of me, the light inside all things that will never change. It will only be elements reacting to their needs. That's all. <laughs> All right, that's the poetry episode. If you listened to the short version and you liked it, make sure to go and listen to the longer version. There's more poems, more stories, a lot more cursing, and the same low price. I uh, want to say thanks again to Trade and Lore Coffee for hosting the event, Alan for being the master of ceremonies. want to thank Nick for his musical accompaniment. He's a very talented cellist and um, guitarist want to thank all the poets who participated. Make sure to click on their links uh, in the descriptions and go and read their stuff and listen to their stuff in some cases. Uh, and don't forget to sign up on iTunes and like and follow on Facebook and uh, Instagram's coming soon. Uh, probably not Twitter because of politics. Don't forget there's another poetry night this Saturday at Trade and Lore, so uh, go there. There's plenty of room. It's easy to get to. It's actually a lot of parking right next door in the big parking facility. All right, that's it for now. Have a good week. See you next time. Thank you, Ron. We feel uh, very honored to have you here tonight and uh, making a permanent record of our uh, potential debacle.